Good morning. One more time. Good morning. Happy Easter. It is still Easter season. Well, good morning and welcome, friends, to this worship service of Ada First United Methodist Church. My name is Reverend Brandy Rigsby, and I am thankful and joyful that we could be gathered together this Sunday on this Holy Humor Sunday. So if you are joining us today as a visitor, I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> it's always like this, maybe? <laughs> yeah, to some extent. But today is especially um, joyful Sunday as we continue to celebrate what it is that Christ did for us in the resurrection. But I wanna welcome you, I wanna welcome those who are joining us online, and I wanna take just a moment to be serious and offer a few announcements, and then we'll get down to the other business. But uh, please know we do have uh, our tech folks in the back checking in on um, those who are joining us online. Just check in, say hello, let us know you're here. If you have any questions, we'll get back to you. Um, again, I want to thank you for your generosity, your support of our church and its ministries. We do have an offering basket in the back and an online giving option, but we thank you for the ways that you allow us to do God's kingdom work here in our community and around the world. Our altar flowers today, this beautiful arrangement is given in honor of Jean and Laura Smith's 72nd wedding anniversary. Yes. <laughs> They were here with us last Sunday and you could just see the joy on their faces and I know they're at home watching this morning. So we wanna wish you both a very happy anniversary and we will continue to celebrate with you all week long. Our United Methodist Women, Women in Faith are collecting vegetable seeds um, down in the front porch area. These go to Jackson Area Ministry and also health kits for UMCOR. So there are baskets downstairs if you would like to donate to either of those mission initiatives. Also, please mark your calendars. We will be hosting another trivia night on May 7th. That's on a Sunday at 5 o'clock. We will have dinner, and then we will gather together for a fun evening of a little competitive trivia. I do have to dispel one rumor that I heard last time. It will not all be Bible trivia. I heard that may have kept a few people away. It's more general knowledge trivia, but of course I got to throw in a few, you know, Bible-based ones just to keep you on your toes. But we had a great time um, a couple months ago when we did this, and we're looking forward to doing it again. So mark your calendars May 7th at 5 o'clock for our second trivia night. Also, if you are interested in helping with our special music during the summer months, as our choir takes a much-deserved break, um, we, we would like to have musicians each week who could fill in that time, whether you play an instrument or sing or have um, some sort of gift and talent that you could share with us. Please contact Scott, myself, or the church office and let us know when during the summer months you would be available to do that. Hey, did you all hear the rumor about the butter? Well, I'm not going to spread it. Also, I got to tell you, someone broke into my house last weekend and they stole my brand new limbo stick. I mean, seriously, how low can you go? <laughs> All right, one more. Thank you. How many people can you fit in one Honda? You can fit 12 people in a Honda because it says right there in the Bible, the 12 disciples were in one accord. <laughs> Friends, today is Holy Humor Sunday, also known as Laughter Sunday. This celebration has been with us since the 15th century. Priests and church folks have celebrated this day with practical jokes, telling funny stories as a way to celebrate, continue to celebrate Christ's resurrection and to remember the ultimate joke that God played on death freeing Jesus and freeing us from the confines of the grave. So today we are going to prepare our hearts for worship a little differently. I won't ask you to self-identify, but if you are the stoic type, calm and collected, I'm sorry. <laughs> 51 Sundays a year are for you, but today we are going to celebrate God's gift of laughter and delight and gladness and joy. 
So I want to invite us this morning with our hearts lifted high to join together in worshiping our risen Lord and Savior. Good morning. There is a story told about a shepherd herding sheep in a remote area, a large number of sheep. And the shepherd looks off in the distance and he sees a cloud, a dust cloud moving toward him. Out of the dust cloud appears a brand new BMW. A young man pulls up out of the car in a spotless, immaculate Armani suit. Takes off his sunglasses and he looks at the, the sheep for a moment. Looks at the shepherd and he says, if I can tell you how many sheep you have, can I have one? Shepherd says, sure, go ahead. Young man whips out a, out a, out a tablet opens a number of Excel spreadsheets, does some quick calculations, hooks up to a mini printer, prints a 150-page document, hands it to the young man, or to the, uh, the shepherd and says, you have exactly 1,586 sheep. The shepherd said, that is amazing. 
easy. Take your, take your sheep. And the young man looks at the animals, gathers one up, puts it in his car. The shepherd stops him. He says, now if I can tell you what your occupation is, can I have my animal back? Sure. Well, it's obvious to me you're a consultant. How did you ever guess that? Oh, there's no guessing required. You show up here, though I never called you. You expect to get paid for information I already knew. You know, obviously knew nothing about my business. Now give me back my dog. <laughs> Will you please rise as you are able for the call to worship? Come and celebrate. Let us shout joyfully to the Lord our God. Let it break, break forth in all we do. May joy and praise fill our hearts, our songs and our prayers. Let our laughter be deep, for we are God's grateful people. Come, let us worship the one who calls us to joy. Let the whole world sing God's praises. Please remain standing for our opening hymn, number 2270, in the black faith we sing hymnal, He Has Made Me Glad. Seated. Our first scripture comes from the letter to the Corinthians, here reading from chapter 1, verses 18 through 31. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are being destroyed, but it is the power of God for those of us who are being saved. It is written in scripture. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will reject the intelligence of the intelligent. Where are the wise? Where are the legal experts? Where are today's debaters? Hasn't God made the wisdom of the world foolish? In God's wisdom, he determined that the world wouldn't come to know him through its wisdom. Instead, God was pleased to save those who believe through the foolishness of preaching. Jesus asks for signs and Greeks look for wisdom. Sorry, Jews ask for signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, which is a scandal to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those who are being called, both Jews and Greeks. Christ is God's power and God's wisdom. This is because the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Look at your situation when you were called, brothers and sisters. By ordinary human standards, not many were wise, but not many were powerful. Not many were from the upper class. But God chose what the world considers foolish to shame the wise. God chose what the world considers weak to shame the strong. And God chose what the world considers low class and low life. What is considered to be nothing to reduce what is considered to be something to nothing. So no human being can brag in God's presence. It's because of God that you are in Christ Jesus. He became wisdom from God for us. This means that he made us righteous and holy and he delivered us. This is consistent with what was written 
The one who brags should brag in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. who died and was mistakenly sent to hell. Well, as it turns out, he was faring pretty well for himself down there. He had quickly redesigned the place and hell had cooled down considerably thanks to the air conditioning that he built and installed. The escalators, the elevators, they were a nice addition. Manual labor was quickly becoming a thing of the past. Until God looked down one day and he noticed all these great changes. So he, he called down to Satan and he said, what's going on down there? And Satan said, well, it's that engineer you sent to me. What engineer, God asked. You're not supposed to have an engineer. Send him back up here. Well, Satan's reply was simple, no. Well, said God, if you don't send that engineer back up here right now, I'm going to be angry. In fact, I think I'll sue you. To which the devil replied, where are you going to get a lawyer? <laughs> Don't worry, I got permission to use that joke from my former attorney. <laughs> All right, before we invite the kids up, I've got a joke for them. Hey kids, what did the janitor say when he jumped out of the closet? Supplies! All right, one more, one more. You ready? Knock, knock. Hatch. Bless you. All right, our children can come forward as Miss Amanda shares with us this morning. Good morning. What did the hot dog buy at the pet store? A wiener dog. Why did the hot dog put on a sweater? Because she was a chili dog. Okay, one more, one more. What do you get when you cross a jalapeno pepper an excavator, and a chihuahua. A hot diggity dog! <laughs> okay, that's, that's enough hot dog-related humor for the day. So some of you have seen me in my favorite outfit before, right? Haley, where have you seen me in my favorite outfit before? Oh, in your classroom. That's right, I wore this to school. I actually wore this to all five schools in Harding County because this is my favorite outfit. You know, my job is I'm an educator and that means I'm a teacher. Do I look like a teacher? Mm, I don't know if I've ever seen another teacher wear this, but you know what? I see a teacher in here. There's Mr. Henning back there. Does he look like a teacher today? Ooh. Maybe that's not that surprising. <laughs> Look at 
Pastor Brandy. She look like a pastor today? She might look like a pastor on the beach. And then we got Miss Anna back there too. She also has on her beach wear. This is church, not a beach. Oh my. All sorts of crazy outfits today, right? Now, we knew today was Holy Humor Sunday, right? So you kind of expected something funny from me today, right? What if in two weeks you see me at the grocery store and I have on the same outfit? Would you be surprised? What if you saw Mr. Bob and he had on this outfit? Would you be surprised? Maybe a little bit more than if you saw it on me. I am not ashamed to say that I wear this a lot. So, do you think that it matters what we wear? Do you think it matters to God what we look like? It matters what you do. That is exactly right, Ada. So the Bible says in 1 Samuel that God doesn't care about what's on our outside. He knows what's in our heart and what's on our inside. And so he made us all unique and special. He made me so that I love wearing a hot dog costume. It's not really something that's all that normal. There's not a lot of people out in the world just going around in a hot dog costume, but I do it because I love it and it's fun. God made me that way. Any of you ever wear a hot dog costume to school? Mm. But you guys all have things that are special about you, right? And if we all look the same, then the world would be a lot less interesting, right? Just a minute, buddy. So we got to remember that when somebody looks different or has on a strange outfit, or maybe they've chosen to wear special makeup or wear mismatching shoes. Sometimes that happens to me just because I forget to change my shoes in the morning and I'm wearing my house shoes at work. That doesn't matter to God, right? Because God cares about what's on the inside. He made us all unique and special. And so you can wear what you want to wear and God will still love you, right? Okay, let's say a prayer. Dear God, Thank you for making me, me. There's no one else like me in the whole world. Thank you for making me special. Amen. So how many choir directors does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> Only one. He holds the bulb and the whole world revolves around him. <laughs> and he's not denying it. A second reading comes from John's Gospel, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. It was still the first day of the week. That evening, while well, the disciples were behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jew Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As a father sent me, so I am sending you. And he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, then they aren't forgiven. Thomas, the one called Didymus, one of the twelve, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. The disciples said to him, We've seen the Lord. He replied, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, 
put my fingers in, his, in the wounds left by the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, the disciples were again in a house and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them. He said, peace be with you. He said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands, put your hand into my side. No more disbelief, believe. Thomas responded to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Jesus replied, do you believe because you see me? Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. Then Jesus did many, others, many other miraculous signs in his disciples' presence, signs that aren't recorded in this scroll. But these things are written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, and that believing you will have life in his name. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, again, good morning. I know you are all aware that preachers only work one day a week, and I had so much extra time on my hands this week that I actually prepared three sermons for today, and you get to help me pick which one I'm going to preach. The first sermon, for just $500, will last five minutes. The second sermon, for the low price of $100, is a 15-minute sermon. And the third option, for $50, a full hour I can give you. And now I'm going to ask our ushers to bring the... I'm just kidding. <laughs> but on a more serious note, in some cases, for some of us, it has been a long week. But in spite of that, I want to remind you, Christ is still risen. We are still Easter people. And there is still good news to be heard even on this first Sunday after Easter. To be honest with you, it's not really that hard to preach a good sermon on Easter Sunday. All the fanfare, the flowers, the celebration, no matter what I say at all, sounds like good news on Easter Sunday. Today, though, today, the Sunday after Easter, now this is the test of a preacher. This is the hard one, because you all have come back after having a week to think about it to come back and to see if it can really happen twice. Can the message of Christ really be that good twice? Maybe we've all found ourselves asking, now what? What's left after Easter Sunday? Well, let me start by telling you a quick story. And if you have heard this one before, you better laugh anyway or you're preaching next Sunday. Well, one day St. Peter was at the heavenly gates talking to three good church-going men who unfortunately had recently died. And St. Peter, he told them that they could enter heaven if they could answer just one simple question. What is Easter? The first one replied, that is easy. It's that holiday in November when we get together, we eat the big turkey, and we say our thanks to God. I'm afraid that's Thanksgiving, replied St. Peter, and I'm sorry. He moved on to the second candidate and asked him, what is Easter? Easter is that holiday in December when we put up the tree, we exchange gifts, and we celebrate the birth of Christ. No, that's Christmas, he said to the second man. Sorry. And then St. Peter, he turned to the third man, not feeling very hopeful at this point, and he said to him, can you tell me what Easter is? And the man smiled. He looked St. Peter in the eyes, and he said, I know. Easter is the Christian holiday that coincides with the Jewish celebration of Passover. It's when Jesus and his disciples came together for the Last Supper. Jesus was later betrayed. He was turned over to the Romans by one of his own. They took him to be crucified. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They hung him on a cross. He was buried in a cave. 
It was sealed off. But he wasn't dead. And the man goes on, St. Peter smiling broadly with delight, and he said, no, Jesus was not dead. And every year that boulder is moved aside so that Jesus can come out. And if he sees his shadow, we have six more weeks of winter. Now, friends, the truth is, sometimes we don't know what to do after the excitement and the joy of Easter Sunday begins to fade. In fact, do you remember what this Sunday, this first Sunday after Easter, is sometimes called Low Sunday? In fact, if you go to our UMC lectionary page, you will see that title, Low Sunday. And I think it's not just because attendance tends to be a little lower than Easter Sunday, but because sometimes our joy and our hope are also running lower after a week of being back in the real world. But as I shared last week, as we've now celebrated for five years, there is another name for this Sunday after Easter, a name that's largely been forgotten in the stuffy corners of our Christian faith. Holy Humor Sunday actually began in the 15th century with Christians celebrating Rhesus Paschalis, meaning God's joke, the Easter laugh. In other words, Easter was seen as God having the last laugh over death. Some even say it was God's best-played trick in the face of death. Now, not long after Harper was born, Justin and I made the decision to turn in our young, hip membership status in exchange for a minivan. That minivan is no longer with us, but I still carry with me some favorite memories from that beloved Chrysler town and country. See, it had those automatic opening doors, and I swear the first year we owned that van, every time I would hit the button to open that door, little Haley would wait for it to slowly slide open, and then she would jump out, arms in the air, and yell, ta-da! Every time. And that has become the image in my mind when I think of Jesus on that resurrection morning. The stone slowly rolling away from the tomb and maybe, just maybe, Jesus jumping out, arms in the air. Ta-da! Friends, God did and will have the last laugh. Not even death could keep Jesus in the tomb, and that is still good news worth celebrating today. So through the centuries, that's why preachers began including funny stories and jokes. And after worship, people would gather to keep telling those jokes, to play jokes on one another, to keep the joy of Easter going. And now, over 500 years later, the tradition of Holy Humor Sunday continues here in Ada, Ohio, with us. But I also recognize that not everyone necessarily feels like laughing and celebrating. And that's okay. Maybe you're carrying with you some sort of pain or heartache this morning. Maybe there are burdens that you just can't set aside as much as you want to. And I want you to know I'm not asking you to pretend like everything is rainbows and unicorns, because life is hard. And in fact, maybe that's why so many of us are here, because we need God. We need each other when life is hard. You have carried me, and I have carried you. We've carried one another through difficult times. And friends, that is the church at its very best. But on the flip side of that coin, I think we've also allowed our faith to become dry and stuffy at times. 
In so many ways, we have made religion untouchable and out of reach in our desire to, ex to appear more holy, more respectable and dignified. And while I know as well as anyone how serious faith is, I can't help but think God never intended for us to forget that God is also a God of love and joy and laughter and hope. Our hymn names it. We are Easter people. Whether we're carrying one another's burdens or celebrating each other's victories, we are God's children bound together by the love of Christ and the hope of everlasting life. And there will be days when half of us here are overflowing with faith and hope and the other half is feeling defeated and filled with doubt. And what I love about today's gospel reading is that Jesus affirmed Thomas's doubt. He affirmed his fear. And what I love about that is because in reality, Thomas is in all of us. He expressed the fears and the doubts that we all carry at one time or another. And Thomas's story tells us that God will meet us right where we are, right in the middle of those doubts and those fears. But poor Thomas, forever having to carry that nickname because of one event. I mean, if you think about it, we don't call Peter denying Peter or Mark ran away naked Mark, but Thomas we can relate to. Because if I'm honest, I probably would have done the same thing. Think about what had just happened. All the other disciples, the one who claimed they would believe and never abandon him, do you remember where they were when Jesus appeared? Hiding in a locked room. Thomas wasn't there with them, we're told. I don't know where he was, but he was not hiding in that locked room. And the very ones who are hassling him for not believing, they're the ones hiding away in fear. And then Jesus, he shows up and he proves to Thomas in the weirdest way possible that it's true. He says, I died, but look, I'm alive. And Thomas, being brutally honest, the only one brave enough to speak up, he says, I'm not buying it. And Jesus says, that's okay. Touch right here. Put your hand here in my side and see if you don't believe me now. You can almost imagine Thomas laughing out loud at Jesus' reply. But then it hits him. Have you ever had their, those moments you say, this is so crazy, it has to be true. Because who could make this up? And then Thomas cries out, my Lord and my God. What happened that morning in that tomb? I can't explain it perfectly. I don't even know if I understand it all. It's so far beyond our comprehension that there is just one way to explain it. Only God. Only God could have imagined the possibility of joy from grief. Only God could have imagined the possibility of hope from doubt, of life from death. God will always always have the last laugh, the last word on life. Just like Thomas, though, we will have days where our doubts begin to creep in, where fear overshadows our faith. 
And in those moments, it is my prayer and my hope that Jesus will be standing right there in front of us, arms in the air, shouting with joy, ta-da! Don't you see? I told you death would not have the last word. I told you hope would win. So today, no matter what we face when we walk out those doors in this moment, may we open our hearts to celebrate, to sing with joy, because Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Amen.
Thank you, Scott and Kim and choir. Although one thing, Zach, I think we're going to move you to tenor. Tenor 11 miles that way. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fred, <laughs> he knew about it ahead of time. He's all right. <laughs> this morning, as we pause in this moment to reflect upon the grace, the gift, the joy that God has poured out on us, we also offer back to God what we have been given, the joy in our lives, the hope that we find in Christ. As we bring our offering forward this morning, I want to invite us to stand and sing together the words of our doxology. Please rise as you are able. seated. What did the vegetarian preacher say to her congregation? Let us pray. <laughs> but really, let us pray. <laughs> oh God of joy and laughter, we have come this morning into your presence with a longing to be surprised by your love and your grace. We thank you, Father, that you have given us these gifts, the gift of laughter, the gift of delight. We thank you for the giggles of children, the babbles of babies. We thank you for our family and friends and church who love us because of our quirks, not just in spite of them. We thank you for the courage to smile even when difficulties arise. And God, we pray that today we may remember that in humor and laughter there is also healing and hope. But too often, too often we forget that you know us better than we know ourselves. We believe we have to be serious all the time and we miss out on the joy of your creation. We cling to despair. We ignore Jesus' call to abundant life. Forgive us, O oh God. Forgive us and fill our hearts again with your startling, upside-down, overflowing grace. And in the midst of our laughter and our celebration, we also pause because we know that many today are carrying heavy burdens that need not be carried alone. So we lift our prayers to your ear, O oh God. We lift up Shirley Chambers and Tom Cassell as both are still dealing with injuries and pain, <coughs> Lord, we pray that your hand of healing will bring comfort and relief. As they continue to seek answers and treatment, Lord, may we keep them uplifted in our prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Today especially, we lift up the family and friends of Sherry Evans, who are grieving deeply. We pray for Tom and his sons as they are still reeling from Sherry's sudden death. In the midst of so much pain and confusion, O oh God, we pray for your spirit, for a deep sense of peace to fill their hearts. Give them strength for tomorrow as they say their goodbyes and assurance that Sherry is at rest now in your arms. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayers. We also continue to lift up Clint and Jude, Nancy Fleming, Linda Epley, 
Gary Clausen. We lift up all those whom we carry in our hearts day in and day out. Father, may your spirit be at work bringing peace and renewed faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. <coughs> we also lift up today those for whom joy and laughter seem distant, maybe even lost. For those who are grieving or suffering, for those who are lonely, for those who have not yet been able to move into a season or spirit of Easter. Father God, may your spirit break through the darkness and bring light and hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord God, grant us now joyful hearts and a holy sense of humor. Give us the gift of faith, a gift to be renewed and shared with others each and every day. Teach us to live more fully in this moment. Help us to find the laughter within us that sets our spirits free. And in that freedom, may we take your love into every part of our world. All these things, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So I've got a true story for you. Last Saturday, we had an unfortunate incident in the backyard at the parsonage. There was a baby bunny that our dog found and played with until the baby bunny was no longer alive. And the girls found that bunny out there, and they gave it CPR. They tried their best to revive this poor creature, and it, it simply didn't happen as they wished. And Harper came in and found me with tears rolling down her face, and she said, Mom, but can we keep him? I said, can we keep a dead rabbit? Yes, Mom, we have to keep him. I'm like, no, why do you want to keep a dead rabbit? But the Easter Bunny's coming tomorrow. Maybe he'll bring it back to life like he did Jesus. And I realized maybe we still have a little more teaching to do. <laughs> now, friends, Easter people, we have heard the good news. We have seen the face of Christ. So now, may we stand, may we celebrate together, may we lift our hearts in joyful response to God's love for us. I want to invite you to rise as you are able, as we share together in our final hymn, and I've got hula hoops up here, Bob, I know you were looking at that one. If you feel compelled, come up here and show us what you got. I want to hear noisemakers, see some dance moves. Let's stand up and sing together number 261, Lord of the Dance.
May the God of surprises bring smiles and joy to the everyday and the ordinary. May the God of love be seen in all that we do and say. And may you go forth rejoicing, for the redeeming work of Christ has only just begun. Amen. Thank you.